Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke, and we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. You know what, Cody? There are so many advantages to partnering with Cvent. We have so many resources that our audience can take advantage of. I know. I just signed up for a new webinar on Thursday, April 30th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Wait, is that the one about the best ways to use venue sourcing solutions during a crisis? Yes. One of the many cool things about Cvent is that we work with both planners and hoteliers. So we have a unique view of the meeting industry. On this webinar, we are tapping into the bright minds of hospitality and meeting professionals to talk about strategies for partnering to come out of these times stronger and more resilient. And you know what? I also heard that they're going to share the latest data on sourcing, which as we know, has gone through a major change in the last six weeks. They're also going to talk about virtual site visits, diagramming tools, and even how to track and search for canceled space. These are such important issues for everyone in our industry. I can't wait to hear more this Thursday. Yep, and you all can join in on Thursday, April 30th at 2 p.m. Eastern or 11 a.m. Pacific. All you have to do is visit cvent.com slash sourcing. And today we have Don Welsh, CEO of Destinations International, to talk about where we are at today with travel, tourism, and meetings. He has some really great information on resources to stay in the know and some updates on those incredible industry pulse checks that you are not going to want to miss. Yeah, that's right. So let's get to our conversation with Don. All right. Well, Don, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, We'll go ahead and dive right in here. For those of us who don't know very much about Destinations International, can you briefly just tell us a little bit about it? Sure, Cody. Thank you. Nice to be with you today. Um, Yes, the the organization, we're based in Washington, D.C. We have uh, over 600 um, convention destination organizations as our members located in uh, in 13 countries. However, we have uh, over 400 uh, based uh, members in the United States. Uh, the organization is over 100 years old, so we've been in some uh, shape or form serving the uh, destination community for a long time, and uh, just happy to be with you today. Yeah, it's so great to have you. And you are CEO. Can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up as CEO of such a cool company like Destinations International? It is fun. Brooke, nice to talk with you as well. Yeah, I, the, um, I, I sort of got here in a rather circuitous way. I, I started my, uh, my career in the, uh, in the airline industry, uh, both in uh, college and out of college. And then I sort of migrated into the hotel business uh, many years with Weston and Ritz-Carlton. Uh, did a stint with, uh, with MGM in Las Vegas. And um, then had the opportunity to uh, be exposed to the convention bureau world. And I wound up working in Seattle, and I wound up uh, having the good fortune to be the CEO there for five years. And then went to Indianapolis for two and a half years in a similar role uh, with the CVB there, and then uh, wound up going to Chicago. And I was in Chicago for five years when uh, there was a change made at uh, Destinations International, which at the time was uh, DMAI. And um, I had some good mutual friends and colleagues who were on the board, and, and one thing led to another. So I've had the uh, the good fortune to be here now for going into my fifth year um, as the CEO for for Destinations International. Love that kind of a wild ride to get to where you are now. <laughs> yeah, it, it is it is a fact without a doubt. As I love asking planners and marketers and people in the uh, events industry how they got where they are because it's always an interesting story. Um, <laughs> and, Des- and Destinations International is really running some important industry pulse checks 
polls, um, really talking about how destination organizations are altering their operations, especially in light of COVID-19. Can you tell us a little bit more about what some of those trends you are noticing? Sure. Uh, you know, first of all, I think that um, we as an industry, whether it's uh, in the U.S., uh, North America, around the world, you know, we've all become pretty adaptable based on the circumstances, uh, whether in our country. You know, we, we've seen how the U.S. pulled together and uh, with the rest of the world with 9-11. We've seen how different uh, countries have responded uh, when they've had their own downward uh, recessions with the economy. We've also seen how countries have responded and cities have responded when it comes to, um, you know, whether it's a natural disaster or a uh, or a um, act of terrorism. Uh, we've become pretty adaptable as an industry of, you know, figuring out how to respond. But I think when you when you see the implications coming from uh, the first global pandemic where it, it sort of leveled the field. And, uh, you know, all the data we see, whether it's coming out of Europe or Asia or Latin America, and certainly the U.S. and Canada, um, it, it, it really does show that uh, we're all trying to, uh, number one, rationalize what occurred. And what I've been most impressed with is the uh, tremendous collaboration and, uh, and innovation that's coming out of uh, this industry during some really challenging times. And most importantly, in challenging times where many of the staffs of these organizations around the world have been reduced to some, you know, in some cases, 90 percent, 70 percent, 80 percent. But it's not stopping uh, a lot of great communication and innovation in the communities back to, you know, whether it's an event or their favorite restaurant. And you start you start getting that energy from a local standpoint. Then, you know, let's say, um, you know, you live in uh, in Portland and, and you want to maybe you want to venture up to Seattle and uh, start exploring a little bit more from a regional standpoint. You know, those concentric circles start coming together. And then, you know, you're hoping then that somebody who lives on the East Coast will think about going to the West Coast or somebody in the West Coast will consider going to Hawaii, you know, longer haul destinations from a national standpoint. And then you start thinking about the international piece. And from my personal perspective right now, that's the piece that I think um, is going to take probably the longest for people to feel a level of confidence traveling to another country uh, to the degree that we did just a month ago. Um, in the area of selling uh, destinations, the one constant that we've seen, and, and again, we're getting great, great data from CVENT, uh, and many other partners that, you know, meeting planners have really not stopped selling um, and and looking at destinations from meetings and uh, and events, even in the worst of days in March. Um, they were still probably, you know, a billion plus dollars worth of new leads sent through channels. And that's encouraging. Now, the issue that we're running into in many of the destinations, um, you know, you don't have the number of salespeople handling those leads as they once did. You don't have the number of uh, hotel salespeople handling those leads, whether it's at a property level or whether it's a, a corporate level. So what we're trying to do is through technology and partnership and collaboration now between the planner community um, and the hotel community, how can the destinations play, you know, not only a role right now as we're starting to get into a little bit more of a booking cycle, but also more being permanently part of the equation. So with what's occurred, it's, it's forcing great collaboration and opportunity. Yeah, we, we've heard that a lot too, right, Cody? We've been talking to a lot of planners who say that destinations are still very much the a top of mind because once everybody goes back to having, you know, face-to-face -face meetings, the first question is, where is this going to happen? So a lot of conversations around that. And, um, you know, I'm, 
I actually feel really lucky that I'm in marketing during all of this and I'm talking to planners all the time. And the way that we've been talking to them is different, right? Everything has changed in the past couple of months. Have you been noticing this too between planners and destinations? Is that conversation a little bit different? Oh, I think it's going to be, I think it will continue to be. Yes. Um, I think that a planner now has always had so much on their plate, whether it's, you know, planning a, an individual hotel meeting for a hundred people or, 10,000 people, I, I start thinking about the complexities of what's going to be the new norm and accepted norm on social distancing, sitting in a, in a conference room, what's going to be food service. Um, you know, will we all go back to the old buffet lines that were, that we've grown uh, accustomed to? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of significant changes operationally uh, in hotels and convention facilities that we're just beginning to have the conversations. And I think 2020 for the remainder of this year, it's going to be a lot of collaboration between the meetings organizations, the event planners, and, and the partners that are essential. And of course, those, those being, you know, the hotels and the uh, convention centers, event centers, whatever it may be. And then how can the destination organizations, the CBVs, sort of be the liaison because, you know, they're the community experts. They are the, source of knowledge in those cities. And I think it's going to require a lot of really collaboration for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think that's kind of the theme, just like Brooke was saying, um, we're noticing a lot of collaboration between planners, um, destinations. You guys have a ton of members at Destinations International. What are you guys doing for your members during this time? We're doing a lot, you know, and I, I think um, out of situations like this, um, which, uh, which, which we all understand, we're fortunate we work in a great community. We work in a great community, you know, during good days and bad days. And I've seen, again, during a time of individual city crisis, whether, you know, you see, you see what's occurred, um, whether it's acts of terrorism, how everybody has come together to support a community. You've seen uh, countless times now how Puerto Rico has, has rebounded and come through some incredibly tough challenges from a, from a natural weather standpoint. And um, uh, and I have I have no doubt that we will will do this. And, and a lot of it's coming down to just communication. And as I mentioned, um, you know, we have these uh, these webinars. And it's interesting. I find it interesting for an industry that has always felt, oh well, you know, we always have to be face to face for meetings because that's just what we do. We found out that in many cases, technology uh, is is a great way to augment being face to face. I know we all can't wait to get back and see one another, and talk with one another, and and, uh, and enjoy one another's company. But uh, you know, we've become big supporters of webinars, and um, we do one for our U.S. CEOs. We do one for our Canadian CEOs. We do one for our general members. And we've been getting upwards to, you know, 1,500, 1,800 people on a webinar. And we then bring in the subject experts. So no webinar is the same. And, uh, but I, I just, I continue to be just so impressed with the, uh, the innovation that's coming out of uh, these, these webinars. And again, we've always been a great uh, industry to share information. You know, unless you're trying to win a piece of convention business, uh, we're highly collaborative. But uh, uh, I've just I've been just so proud and, uh, and honored to be working in an industry that is working so hard with so fewer resources to get things done, but not using that as an excuse. I agree. You're really seeing everybody get creative. And it's been really fun to see all the technology that we're leveraging to 
feel like we're coming together. Not that in-person events are going to go away because we're certainly very excited for that, but it will be kind of interesting to see how technology plays a role in that um, as we have all these new learnings. And, you know, Don, I'm just going to address the elephant in the room, if that's okay with you, which is events are getting canceled, right? Destination venues are getting canceled left and right. We've been seeing it. And I think everybody just wants to know what are some things that they could concentrate on when they're looking at the value of a lost opportunity or a canceled event. Do you have any advice for them? One of the encouraging things is, you know, certain organizations, you know, whether it's their bylaws, you know, they have to meet. Um, I I think destinations, uh, whether it's at the hotel level or the facilities are being incredibly accommodating from what we're reading and seeing. And even ourselves, since we have meetings that have had to be postponed um, until later this year or next year. So I think you're going to continue to see uh, a lot of thoughtful um, engagement between the different parties to, to, uh, to deal with the accommodation of a cancellation. I think every city, um, every facility that's going to be impacted and has been impacted by these, their first and foremost goal is to retain that business for, um, for another time. And I'm sure every one of these is now being done on a case-by-case basis. And, uh, you know, the, the uncertainty really lies around uh, with the lack of clarity right now in terms of when cities and states can reopen for business. So I think everyone knows that until we get, you know, clear direction from government, uh, which is going to be driven by the medical and scientific communities, that it's really okay to travel. I think a lot of things are being pushed into Q4. A lot of meetings have been reaccommodated in the 2021, and all the data shows that. So, um, and I think it's going to be really important that somehow clear, concise messaging takes place uh, for meeting planners to be able to share that with their prospective attendees, because unless that takes place, you know, and people feel comfortable um, and have security about traveling, um, it's most likely not going to happen without those things happening hand in hand. We can all agree that this is going to, you know, it's just a matter of time before we get back to in-person events. In your opinion, though, what are the first signs that we should be looking for to know that recovery is beginning? Like, what are some of those, uh, you know, green lights that we should be looking out for? Well, I think that, you know, you, you hear some of the some of the mayors and governors now, uh, and I like the fact that a lot of governors are working on a regional basis. Um, I do th- see that there are, you know, three or four governors that are really leading a lot of the, the major city discussion. Governors Cuomo, uh, Pritzker in Illinois, and also then Gavin Newsom in California. I think, you know, those three large states, um, seeing the regionalization of some of the efforts makes a lot of sense. Um, so I, as soon as they begin easing restrictions on, you know, your restaurants, I think restaurants are going to be uh, – uh, a, a real first indicator. So if a restaurant can accommodate 100 people, do they let in 25? Do you begin gradually, you know, getting back into the whole social distancing and making sure that things that are now being essential in terms of, you know, number of people touching your food, um, interaction uh, with people. The, we're, we're in uncharted territory right now. And I do think that um, some gradual testing uh, is going to have to be done uh, in various industries. I'm pleased to see that in the meetings industry in general, uh, there are a lot of industry organizations uh, that are coming together to begin determining, you know, from the planner community all the way through the facilities, that's got to be seamless. And, um, you know, it gets back to, you know, the the members of IAVM, uh, there's uh, uh, the International Association of Venue Managers, 
These are the facility operators of convention centers and stadiums and others. So they're going to be critical to be at the table to make sure that somehow there's this sort of a unified position on what realistically can be done. And in the time frame, things can be done. And it will not be snap your fingers and uh, we're all going to figure this out. I think it's going to be a slow, methodical process that will probably take months, if not uh, a year or so. Uh, could be years to, to get back to a, uh, quote, new norm. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be kind of a slow process getting back to the, the new normal. Um, and I think we're all just kind of like absorbing as much information as we can, going to places like Destination, you know, International to get some information. Now, here's the toughest question you're going to get today, Don, which is if you had one key takeaway for Destination organizations during this time, what would that be? Well, I think in terms of the, the, the uh, I guess it's, it's two-sided. One, it doesn't change the role of the destination. Now, you know, in some cases, it's that theory, there's many fewer people at the destination. But really, the role of a destination is to be a community shared value. And that role doesn't change now with the pandemic uh, versus where it was 60 days ago. So I, I would just encourage that, you know, that, that when people are considering uh, exploring in their own community, that there is really one source, and that's the website of that local CVB. You know, whether it's got, you know, it's going to have accurate information on city positions and security and, uh, and, and where things stand with restaurants and where things stand with entertainment. And, uh, and for the planner, uh, I've always been so pro that, uh, that, you know, the destination services that are provided to a planner, first and foremost, are free. Um, and at the end of the day, they are the thought leaders in their communities to help that meeting be successful, whether it's a small single hotel meeting or it's multiple hotels involved or a citywide. Uh, I would just say right now it's going to be even more critical that the destination, number one, continues to build its database of relevant and current information. Uh, and then also then anybody that's considering coming to that destination, uh, whether it's a planner or, you know, a, a local tourist um, contemplating a vacation, that they realize that there is information that's, uh, that's uh, objective and uh, it's real and it's, and it's current. And that's going to be through the destination. Don, it's been so great having you on. I, you know, one of the questions I want to ask you, is there anything you want to promote or share with our listeners? I know you have a really great website at destinationsinternational.org slash advocacy. Um, anything on there or anything in addition that you'd like to promote with our listeners? No, I just, uh, I think what we want to convey is number one, from, from my perspective, uh, and I said this earlier, I think you're going to gradually see the local regional, national, and international travel come back from a, from a tourism standpoint. The, the, the real success driver for communities and in our industry is going to be meetings. Uh, we've proven that in the past. We've proven this in the future. So I believe that the, you know, the planner is going to play such a critical role in the economic recovery of, of a city and the economic recovery of their organizations they represent. So uh, from my standpoint, we've always been extremely uh, knowledgeable and respectful on the impact of meetings. And I've never think, uh, I can tell you, I don't think a meeting will, number one, will ever be taken for granted again. So when that person comes in with that name badge to a restaurant or their hotel, uh, I think that uh, clearly this has shown us the, uh, the the true economic impact and value that a meeting brings to a city. So. Um, Meetings and events have got to be the core driver to get this country back on it and to get the world back on its feet. And I feel like right now we're beginning to see uh, some slight data that uh, supports that.
Yep. Well, I know for sure I will be going to that to the Destinations International website. It sounds like some of those webinars are a really fantastic way to stay up to date on the information. Plus, I heard you guys have a crisis response handbook, which I know everybody is looking for right now. Um, and for our listeners, we'll put some of those links on the podcast description if you go to cvent.com slash podcast. So Don, thank you again so much for joining us. We really enjoyed having you. And it sounds like Lots of good information coming out of Destinations International. Yeah, thanks, Don. No, my pleasure. And again, we, we add to the we add to the resource page literally. Uh, I think it seems like it's daily something's being appended to it. So it, it really is a great resource for uh, for uh, our industry and uh, for people that are contemplating uh, a city and where they can get the information. So, uh, and we'll only continue to build on that. And we appreciate the uh, the support and partnership with Cvent. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Don. And again, for our listeners, we'll put links in on that cvent.com slash podcast page, and we will talk to you guys again soon. Thanks, Don. Cody, I just bookmarked the website, destinationsinternational.org slash advocacy. There's so much good information on there, and it's updated almost on the daily. I know. I bookmarked it too. And thank you to Don and all of our listeners for joining us this week on the How Great Events Happen podcast. To get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast, and you can check out the episode description for a link to additional resources. And if anyone out there is also looking to share insights on the effects of coronavirus on the travel and tourism industry, please let us know by emailing us at podcast at cvent.com. We would love to have you on the show. And before you know it, you'll have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.